When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Springtime in the desert. For a few brief weeks, the taupe-shaded landscape turns into a riot of color. The Palo Verdes don crowns of gold. Cacti burst with large, pink, yellow, purple, and white flowers. Daisies nod their heads, beckoning visitors to adore them. Acatillo open their coral-red buds, while wearing coats of green leaves between their thorns. It's a very special time when life gets busy before the scorching temperatures force every living thing to just endure. Buzzing, fluttering, and twittering among the plants are Arizona's pollinators. And as they brush up against each flower, a bit of pollen is distributed from one plant to the next, allowing the desert flora to propagate the next generation. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We answer your questions about Metro Phoenix and beyond. I'm your producer, Kaylee Monahan, and today we're exploring how to attract pollinators to your home garden. My interest in pollinators actually started last Christmas. Santa gifted me with something I never knew I wanted, a hummingbird feeder. It's a beautiful hand-blown glass container with various shades of blue, green, and teal. Bright red flowers advertise the sweetness inside. And it has LED solar lights and glows in the evening. I became obsessed with this feeder. But it was winter and I lived in suburbia. I was doubtful I'd get any visitors. But lo and behold, like a Christmas miracle, a little brown and green hummingbird came to visit regularly. I got excited. Besides my new feeder, I amassed quite a collection of succulents. I was hopeful my plant children would bring flowers and more pollinators to my garden. But as I viewed my menagerie, I started to wonder if I had the right plants to attract all the critters I hoped to see. Fast forward to April, prime flower viewing season in the valley. I knew I needed a plant expert. So I turned to the Desert Botanical Garden, 
Angelica Elliott is the assistant director of the garden. Actually, I've been here working with the garden um, for over 20 years. Since a child, I always knew I loved plants and I love nature. Angelica studied plant biology at ASU. But like many of us, with interesting but rather specific degrees, she wondered what she should do with her life. That's when she started volunteering at the Desert Botanical Garden. One thing led to another, and I worked in horticulture for many years, taking care of the wildflower trail, which was a, a new trail at the time when I started. And the whole idea of the wildflower trail was really to encourage people to appreciate native plants and how native plants serve a function not only for us, but also for the various pollinators. She explained that while even the Desert Botanical Garden showcases desert-adapted plants from around the world, it's really important to use native plants in our home gardens. Why? They're adapted to our environmental conditions, to our in intense temperatures. Not only do we get hot, but we do get cold, you know, in the wintertime. You know, some people may think it, may, it might not get as cold as, say, Philadelphia or Chicago, but we do get periods of freezing temperatures. But these plants have adapted to those temperature extremes. Average rainfall in the valley is about eight inches per year. But with climate change... When and how much rain comes down can vary a lot. Even so, Arizona flora has learned to, if not overcome, then at least survive the extremes. Our Sonoran Desert is the lushest of the four American deserts, and with that comes a variety of biodiversity. There are 12 different species of hummingbirds that call Arizona home for at least part of the year, if not all year round. There are roughly 250 butterfly species, including the threatened monarch butterfly. But rising near the top in population are bees. There are at least 1,300 native bee species living in Arizona, and not all are your typical communal type either. We have some solitary bees here in Arizona. This is Drew Foster. And, you know, they're still critical components of the ecosystem serving that important role, uh, not just for the plants that they are pollinating, but for all of the other species residing in those communities uh, with those plants. If you're a regular to Valley 101, you might recognize him from our Zoo Lights episode in December. Drew is the Phoenix Zoo's curator of horticulture and ectotherms. Those are the animals that are dependent on external sources for heat and temperature regulation. Think your reptiles and insects and the like. Quite the purview. But Drew just humbly calls himself... Animal curator at the Phoenix Zoo. Drew has been with the zoo for more than a decade, and he knows his way around Arizona's pollinators. Definitely hummingbirds and bees are two that come to mind. Um, butterflies, however, uh, moths are critical in serving the role of pollination. Beetle diversity in the world is extraordinary. There are more beetle species than any other group of living organism, and many beetles serve that role of pollinator as well. Some of Arizona's more unusual pollinators are bats. There are two species of nectar-feeding bats, the lesser long-nosed bat and the Mexican long-tongued bat. Both of these mammals migrate north a thousand miles or more every spring from Mexico into Arizona and the southwest to feast on nighttime bloomers, such as the saguaro cactus. 
Many of the night flowers rely on pale coloration and enticing scents to attract their pollinators. The saguaro bloom has a delicate scent, but Angelica says there's one night bloomer that has a really nutty smell. The datura, which is a beautiful white, sometimes they call it the moonflower, that has a really heavy perfume to it, kind of sweet. I kind of think it smells like peanut butter a little bit, but it's a strong peanut butter. I think I need to find me some of those desert-dwelling datura. I'll be right back after this short break. Hey there, this is producer Amanda Liberto. Did you know there's an easy way to stay on top of all of our podcasts plus news from across the state? Just download the free AZ Central app. Find it in your app store and in Google Play. Now back to the story. What kinds of plants should you plant if you want to attract pollinators? Here's what Angelica suggests. If you want to attract butterflies, for instance, like a daisy, you know, they're kind of round and flat. And those are really designed for the butterfly to land on top as a flat surface, and then they can get nectar out of those flowers. So you can see that. And then bees, on the other hand, they like a lot of different types of flower colors. But one of the things that's interesting that they've done with bees that they studied is that they see in the ultraviolet light. So what we see as yellow, it might be like a psychedelic color to a bee, but bees typically don't see red. You could see that they're attracted to yellow colors, blues, even purples. To attract hummingbirds, trumpet-shaped flowers are a sure hit, and bright-colored blooms in shades of red or pink catch their eye. Plants like the chuparas, also called the hummingbird bush, are perfect with their tall stalks and clusters of blushing flowers. Drew says you can also add these to your garden. Planting native flowering species like mallow, like yellow bells, fairy dusters, other things like those uh, really is beneficial and provides those pollinators with the resource that they need. Angelica says if you want to have a thriving desert garden, you need to pay attention to a plant's needs. The one thing that we always encourage people is the right place and the right plant. So, you know, make sure you do a little bit of research, you know, what type of sunlight it requires, how much water, and then also how large it's going to get at maturity because you want to make sure you have ample space for it. If you're a succulent addict like me, there are a lot of great choices to liven up your garden. There are a lot of cactus that have these really amazing flowers. So one of the ones that we get a lot of visitors um, when they walk in the garden when they're in flower is what they call the Easter lily cactus. They're not native to Arizona. They're actually from South America, but they have these large, extremely large flowers that open up at night. And there's the Argentine cactus that has this beautiful white flowers, probably as big as a, a dinner plate. And then we have other smaller echinopsis that have various flower colors from pinks to yellows to all these psychedelic colors that you can think of. So those are really great cactus to add. But then if you really want to think about 
growing more native instead of using the South American cactus. You can think about the hedgehogs, which are native, that you'll see even when you're walking in the desert right now. They have one of the most beautiful magenta flowers, large, and you can see them from a mile away because they're just such a striking, vivid flowers. Planting pollinator-friendly plants does more than just make your garden beautiful. They help fill in the gaps of habitation loss. Here's Drew again. Pollinators everywhere are critical keystone species in their biological communities. I mean, they are helping the plants continue to thrive, but specifically, they have a direct impact to humans in that it's like 75% of our plant crops are pollinated by animal pollinators. There's a huge economic importance and value to pollinators. You can get ideas for your own garden by visiting either the Desert Botanical Garden or by checking out the brand new Pollinator Garden in South Phoenix. The Phoenix Zoo, in partnership with the Garden of Tomorrow and the Tiger Mountain Foundation, have opened this community garden. Do you have questions about desert gardening or Arizona wildlife? send us a note to valley101.azcentral.com. And if you liked this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. Also rate and subscribe to our show. It helps us reach more listeners like you. You can also support all of our podcasts by subscribing to azcentral.com. I'm producer Kaylee Monahan, buzzing off this episode. We'll catch you next week.